Here we are again at last, Matthew. Hey, we made it. We finally murdered off our third co-host. Uh, it was it wasn't easy. It was a long haul, but I think in the end yeah. it was totally worth it. Apparently, watching La La Land over and over just finally made him lose it. Yeah, we got him stuck in that yeah. time stream that was Primer, and he said, "I quit." Behind the scenes information. Uh. Mm, good times. Hope the audience is out there doing doing well, doing better. Yeah, but uh, Mark isn't here tonight. Mm. That's okay. We've got lives going on. You understand, like Delilah on the radio, you know. Hey, she, she doesn't quit. The, there could talk- be a tornado going on in her studio. <laughs> her studio she, could be full of bees and she would still have that she, calm, sultry... She'll be giving those bees advice. Uh, those I've bees always, will be listening. I've always thought that Delilah's voice is kind of a hindrance because it, really? it's like calming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like late at night, what about those like Alaska truck drivers listen to Oh, that's true. Delilah in the the New Jersey Alaskan tundra streets, right? Yeah, that they, would just they gotta be blow listening me to, sleep. to the college death metal radio station. Yeah. yeah. 88 point. It's not even on the dial. It's I mean, like, I'm sure you know what it is. So I, I even I just I, I don't tune into that. I just pass it sometimes and then when I want to listen, I could never find it again. Oh, uh, I see. I see. It's the most mysterious thing. Yeah. So, Amuse Bush, uh Nightcap spin-off. This is it. Today's day is March the 9th, 2019. Yes. I, I forget, do we post it with today's date or the date when it gets I uploaded? Post, mm, that's a sticky... <laughs> I'm going to have to talk it over with the many voices in my head, Matthew, because oh, it's boy. kind of how I feel and how drunk I am at the moment. So it's either March 9th or 10th. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. It's like, uh, depending on time zone. It's time zones. Yeah, but I don't think is. our audience cares about the specifics because no, we're no. going to talk about things that happened two weeks ago, so it doesn't True. matter. Uh, my one thing for this episode, I'm not going to edit. That's going to be our goal so all right don't so, offend any people places or things okay ooh, no promises all right here we go tv court in session bang bang, bang dun, 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 dun. oh wait that's wait, what, what's, uh, sugar sugar not, <laughs> not oh honey uh, honey you know what i was well, trying spe- to do hey speaking of like popular uh mm. poppy music yeah should i get started with a little a little gem. I don't know if you've heard of this one called Russian Doll. Russian Doll. Russian Natasha Doll. Leone can fuck me up. She could spit on me, hit me in the bat in the streets, and <laughs> oh. I would still thank her for and it. She she will. Oh my! Is, is she, that is that her real accent? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Really, she's really that East yeah, Village. That's crazy. She literally talks like that. <laughs> uh, I've watched so many interviews on her, and she's dating um. Fred Armisen right now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, so yep, that did hear comedy about that. power couple. I feel like they have to have a project cooking up now. Yeah, literally. But Something. Amy Poehler did Russian Doll too. So really, yeah. Oh, I she didn't was know the, that. The director. She got it. They've been friends what? forever. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Crazy. Huh. A producer, a, I want to say, not director. But <laughs> Natasha Leone. I want a rewatch of mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. So uh, I was watching a few uh, interviews with her, and she's like, literally, I am that character on the show. And if you come up to me on the streets, I might talk to you. I might say fuck you, but I also <laughs> might follow you home. So. Yeah. Keeps you guessing, but That's she great. is a national treasure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I brought it up with that segue because the first thing you hear in this show, <laughs> okay, well, you hear a knock, yeah. but then it starts playing a little do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Harry Nilsson's Gotta Get Up. And yeah. I was not, I, was, I mean, this is a popular song, yeah. but I have been on like a Nilsson kick for the past few years. Wow. I don't know what it is, but I just. Ahead of the curve. A little bit. He's right up my alley. Like mm-hmm. all, all, This is like a mix between TV court and disc jockeys. And but. you didn't know about this until you saw the show? 
You didn't know it was like a main feature? No, not at okay. all. Yeah. That's good. Which apparently you sent over the article saying that it's now on like the billboard charts for the first time in what decades probably. Yeah, it boosted its sales, I think, sixty thousand percent. <laughs> if oh. that's a close estimate, maybe eleven thousand oh. percent. But I read that somewhere. I mean eleven thousand percent from one is <laughs> eleven thousand. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, this, uh, any excuse to hear Harry Nelson, I'm totally into. Um, he, You might know him from the Lime and the Coconut song. That oh. was like a big popular one, which is terrible. It works like in the context of the album. Mm-hmm. The album, by the way, it's called Nielsen Schmilson, which is a, a fantastic. Sounds like you. It's a very yeah. meme name for an album to come out from the 70s, like mm-hmm. early 70s. So I'm really into that. His next album, his follow-up, um, they wanted it to be a little more commercialized, you know, radio heavy. Uh, he was like, I'm not doing that. I'm calling this one Son of Schmilson, and it's mm. going to be even weirder. Yeah. So I'm just totally on the show's wavelength uh, via the soundtrack up to this point. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's not that long. How far into you? Oh, I finished it. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally. And we, uh, I maybe I should tread light with, lightly with spoilers. Yeah, uh, so it's I'll, still, I'll try it's still, to do that. It's still fresh, but yeah. I, I think it ended in a good place. And if I don't see any more oh, yeah. of it, that's okay too. Yeah. That's interesting. I totally. Yeah, I'm gonna get to the ending because uh, okay. <laughs> John. Uh, next thing you hear is John Moss. Yes. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I'm not really sure, but he is like a really outsider artist, or at least he was until 2011. He had a bit of a breakthrough, mm-hmm. but before that album came out, <laughs> the 2011 album titled "We Must Become the Pitiless Censors of Ourselves" or mm. something like that. Wow. Um, before then, he came out with like just weird music. Something called a. Uh, I actually discovered him because he's my favorite band's uh, Los Campesinos. That's my favorite band. Yes. The main singer, lead singer, sorry, his favorite lyric of all time is a John Moss lyric Mm. from like his early works. And the lyric is, um, oh, oh, I'd cut off all my fingers just to touch you. Oh. (laughs) Which is then followed up in the song with... You stupid bitch, you mutilate my soul. Oh, how so romantic. A, you know, I wish someone would cut off all their fingers for me. Yeah, well, that's I don't true. know how you're going to touch me without fingers, <laughs> with like little stubs. But... That that lyric just leaves such an imprint. Hey, maybe, yeah. he's, maybe he's into that, little well, stubs. You know, that's okay. Shout out to our stubs, uh, yeah. AMC stubs out there. Mark, you find a way. You always find a way, I don't you, want, Matthew? I want that money. I want oh, that uh, residual. AMC comes up later on in my TV court. Ooh. So, yeah, we're going to to get a double plug in plug yeah. it up carrie american, plug it up what does amc stand for american movie classics yeah who cares why not i don't care uh and, and then finally uh the the last song you hear i'm, I'm not going to treat this as a spoiler for russian doll because yeah. it's just soundtrack but the last song you hear is uh alone again or by love and it's just like holy these are all things i've discovered you know around college time maybe in the years mm-hmm. since and it's just like right up my musical alleyway right now this is like a weird kind of mariachi influenced song from the 60s that i'm i i really like so much about it like the chord progression the Mm. the folksy americana sound of it and it's really driving and i think it's perfect for the kind of ending that we get in this Mm -hmm. for the climax it's just the perfect energy for it Mm -hmm. but before we get there i'm singing the show's praises i will say 
as it was starting, I wasn't crazy about some of the characters, mm-hmm. and I had to question. Not even my favorite character, happy sad, happy high sad birthday baby. <laughs> right? Oh no, sweet birthday baby, sweet birthday baby. <laughs> I do, I I like that a lot. Uh, I mean, some of their interactions were like kind of. Yeah, I get where they're coming from because this apartment has a fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just so asymmetrical, like where these two yeah. characters are at each time you know, the mm-hmm. loop happens. So mm-hmm. some of the interactions are going to be a little off, a little weird, but that's fair. Um, some of Nadia's choices I wasn't crazy about and some of the themes especially I thought were kind of heavy handed mm-hmm. maybe in like the beginning of the show in the middle yeah well you have to forget it's for, you have to remember it's for uh, American audiences so <laughs> we have true. to be a little ham fisted with whatever we do that's fair thanks Netflix <laughs> me no like think <laughs> me like watch that uh, was my parents' review of Russian Doll, by the way. I hate it. It's like Groundhog's Day. They're yeah, his right. favorite thing ever. And I went, <laughs> but it's so much more. And they're like, nope, turned a, it right it's off. A, it's about the journey. Uh, they don't care. <laughs> they said, oh, okay. I know what's happening. Well, it's just going to repeat. Well, hey, they're missing out. Yeah. Because, oh, well, before I get to the praise again, I got to say the character slash plot points, sometimes they felt a little shoehorned in. Mm. I'm going to mention specifically Nadia's, like, programming slash video, oh, yeah. video That's game like only in one episode programming. Well, two yeah, episodes, it's just yeah. kind of weird yeah it, it is a weird. unnecessary i'm not even really sure what mm-hmm. it added anytime they put video games in some form of media they I do know. it wrong they never and, do it right and i hate the the actual physical game they create looks horrible it looks so bad it looks it's awful. like from the 90s and, and just, they always like insert these stock video game sound effects uh, yep. that do not fit it's do not really fit. bad and going off that same note there mm-hmm. is a brief section when um, Nadia is trying to find someone, mm-hmm. she goes on <laughs> Yelp, or oh. this weird universe's version of Yelp, which <laughs> looks like the most horrific thing. The font is like a million. Well. It's like going outside of the phone <laughs> somehow. And she finds the person he's look- she's looking for. Oh, yeah, for in a be- second. In yeah, one it- second. I, like, I don't like stuff like that, but I'll forgive it. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, this show, they pull off. With the last two episodes, yeah, some of the best TV I've seen in recent memory. And there's some bread and puppet theater in the end. Those big, oh yeah, yeah, Julian Chaikin, my Sound- man. Soundtrack by Love. Yeah, I just it's those last two episodes. They were kind of horrific. The yeah. penultimate episode, especially, I was oh, like, yeah. wow, this really changed tones, mm-hmm. and I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. So I props to Russian Doll. Though that last hour of the show was mm-hmm. fantastic, and I think it's shot beautifully. I'm obsessed with Natasha Leone's outfits in every scene. <laughs> I just want them. I don't or, think I paid that much notice to you it. You need to go back and watch I, it. Yeah, I, I suck at noticing costumes. Like oh, I'll watch a period to... piece and I'll be like, <laughs> "Oh, why aren't they <laughs> those wearing thugs? jeans and sneakers? Yeah, those hoodlums." Yes. <laughs> uh, like, oh. I I just don't notice things like that, mm. which is to my detriment. There is a little hint. As how the story ends, I, I'm sure you caught up on it. Mm-hmm. That comes down to the costumes, like mm-hmm. the very last few seconds. Yeah, that just made me. Uh, well, it, it did something to my emotions. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it that way. Yep, because I don't want to spoil it. And uh, that was my talk for Russian Dog. I got one more TV show, but I, right. I feel like I've exhausted some space. Should, do you want to get into All some right. stuff? And well, I'll get I guess into I will. Um, giving us that one week off from Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Uh, how generous they are. But there is a new season, RuPaul Drag Race, season 11, just started. Mm. Um, two episodes in, we said, 
Well, I don't want to spoil, but we said goodbye to a queen that kind of wanted to stay a little bit longer, you know, I feel. I think they should do an early okay. out season. I think that would be really effective. Yeah, that'd be but nice. I don't know. The fans have been ruthless and complaining about literally everything. And <laughs> I hate this fandom. It's the most toxic fandom I've ever existed in. Damn. At the same time of loving the show. I know. It's just horrible people. It's tough it, to reconcile. Yeah, it, it really is. But this season so far, I thought I was going to hate it, but I've actually loved it. Uh, hmm. Last episode, they did two movie parodies. One was... Uh, um, why I gotta be Black Panther and then the other one was good god girl get out and both were great acting challenges the get out parody was everything I wanted and more this sounds good um, and I think we should I think you should watch it they had a Zodiac runway I mean of course there were no Gemini or Virgos or anything but okay I I don't know. I just really am enjoying it, and the queens are catching on to me. Wait, which... so Zodiac Runway, is that somebody, is that they're trying to dress up in the style of... <laughs> like, what sign are you? The category is, what sign are you? And they have so, to dress up like Libra, what's, Aries. What's the one that's too... Like twins together. Gemini, six, my 69. sign. Yeah, 69, 69 yeah. Sign. There were no Geminis this season. Oh, okay. But that would have been... I was wondering how they would pull that see, off. See, I would walk... See, this is how I would do my Gemini yeah. runway. I would have a length, uh, a full-length mirror and just walk alongside it holding it. Okay, that's and clever. And I think, I think that would stand out a bit, right? <laughs> yeah. I think... Oh, right? I never thought of that before. That is clever. Yeah. And I would like hold it in such a way that I'm partly mirrored in it. I don't hey, know. But, John, John for season 12. <laughs> Sister James for season 12, but it ain't oh. going to happen. Um, I, I just, it's grown on me. And some of the names are killer. We've got Soju. We've got uh, Silky Nutmeg Ganache is a, a drag queen name. And I feel like they must have taken that from um, Big British Bake Off. <laughs> no. She was just like, I was watching a cookie show yeah, and exactly. she said, I, saw, I heard the phrase silky nutmeg ganache and I stole it. That's and pretty good. Man, these drag queen uh, names are really killer for me. Um, other than that, TV news that is on TV, I guess? We got a Game of Thrones Season 8 trailer. Oh, you know, I didn't watch it. I know, well, Mark isn't here to talk about it, but it looks okay. I don't think he watched it either. Yeah, well, yeah, we're all trying to go in pure. Oh, not me. I read those books. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. You caught it's up. not the real ending. Hey, congrats. You caught yeah. up to three years ago on stop, the TV. Stop, stop. I started Game of Thrones late, and I finished the books before it even got to this point. Oh, man. And crazy. I'm a book so it's not the real ending to me. It's whenever Gurm doesn't or a ghostwriter hey, does write yeah, the end of that Yeah, it's the only series. ending you're going to get. Well, I'm okay with that, with my recently discovered James Potter uh, podcast yeah. that I'm listening to <laughs> that is a, a right, loosely approved good. fan fiction of continuation to Harry Potter. Yeah, it's they pretty said okay. it had Rowling's permission. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nice. Well, not permission. She's just allowed it to exist in her universe <laughs> along with her. That's good. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll go on to, I mean, I have things that haven't premiered yet, so if you want to talk about something you currently saw. All right, I'll say, um, <laughs> April and I, we wrapped up Mildred Pierce. Yes! Have the movie? This? Not the movie, not oh. the movie. Sorry, I should have, hey, this is TV court. Yeah, I haven't um, seen the TV, but. Yeah, it's yeah. a five-episode miniseries on HBO, mm-hmm. but the last maybe couple of episodes go into movie-length territory. Yeah. Like, they're 80 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So, uh, strap yourself in, pop some popcorn. I... I feel like I had some problems with this show. Uh, I just—is it based on the movie or the novel? Uh, I believe is it's it based. Novel? It's based more on the novel, yeah, okay. than it is the. Yeah, because I movie. think of the Joan Crawford um, movie, one of my faves. Really Joan good. Joan Crawford. Yeah, I know the. Well, there was a whatever movie happened in... to Baby Jane? <laughs> no, there's. Oh, I didn't know she was. Uh... She was just featured in the Ryan Murphy show right, right. Feud. Well, the movie, I don't know if there are multiple adaptations, but the mm-hmm. one I know about came out in 1945. Mm-hmm. Would she have 
Yeah. She's that yeah. old? Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, I think it was one of her first films, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't mm-hmm. think she was doing it in 45. No, That's she, crazy. She was trucking there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't really have a point of comparison for the miniseries. I thought it was okay, worth a watch. Uh, there were things that I wasn't crazy about, and I, I can't even... Um, we watch maybe like one episode every month, so mm. it's really hard for me to like uh, gather my bearings around it. But mm. there were just things that seemed off to me. Um, I think maybe it had to do with like some of the narrative that they were trying to tell and some of the character uh, beats that they were going for. But mm. I will say the character of Mildred, she is uh, fascinating. Yeah, like depicted as. It's just so complex. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of screaming at the TV why she wasn't doing one thing, but it's just attributed to like that's who she is. Yeah. She can't help herself, even though it's she is uh, one of the most caring people you'd meet. Yeah. Um, fully to her detriment. Like Workhorse this, this does is a nothing show. but serve her daughter. And exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, this is like Ugh. the show is all about like a mother's affection I know. and how devastating it can be like it puts Mildred through her paces and like mm. once as I was watching it it was I thought it was like pretty cringy and I don't really cringe at things like <laughs> I'll watch I'll watch Ricky Gervais yeah on on like host the Golden Globes or something I'll be like okay, okay. Yeah, I've seen worse but uh oh man this but once it finally resolved I'm not sure if it was like the ending I wanted but it's it's a good ending for the tale. I'm not really sure if it was right up my alley either. Maybe I wasn't the target audience. It's mm. it depicts things kind of in a muted fashion. Yeah. It I, the tone kind of alternates weirdly to me between like heavy melodrama and like kind of um, mundane humdrum yeah. mm-hmm. uh, dialogue and things like that. But it's it, it's kind of fascinating, and I think it'll stick with me more than I thought it would going into it. Yep. So that's that's Mildred Pierce. All right, you need to see the movie. I I should. Yeah. yeah. It'll. I be haven't shorter. read that book, so I can't comment it'll, fully on it. It'll be shorter than the six-hour miniseries. I hope. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a comfortable two-something hours, like right. an old movie. Um, yeah, that's fine. What's coming this summer is something that Matt should be excited for: is Nosferatu. Uh, Joe I, Hill's book brought to the screen. I have no clue what to think of this. Oh, it's I, crazy. I barely know what it's about. Oh, you it's okay. <laughs> Just join the ride this summer. Yeah. All right, They're going to go in Charlie Max's car to Christmas Land. Well, because right? I thought this was some weird uh, retelling of, of like Nosferatu. Yeah, like, no. yeah, old vampire. No, it just can fit on a license plate and look cool. So he's so, kind of a vampire. Yeah, it's so strange. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, and I don't I, know how the marketing or branding for this is going to work out. But I, I Oh, hope, I'll be watching. Don't yeah, worry. No, I hope They've been doing some crazy stuff. Hope but, it gets um, eyeballs. Joe Hill stole a lot of it. Well, not stole. Um, <laughs> it was inspired a lot by his father. He also Watch wrote out, Horns, if you've seen that. Uh, Which one? Co- Horns with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, he, he wrote the I, book for that. that I, I like heard that about movie. it. Yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> um, and he had Heart Shaped Box, which is about uh, kind of this spirit coming after to uh, a singer and his groupie. Um, really okay. interesting stories. I bad. think it's like it, it's good King uh, because it's like young King. Uh, okay. Older King's kind of been waning a bit. I mean, before the cocaine. I mean, he's well. We were uh, one of my podcasts was just discussing the Tommy Knockers, which is literally what stopped him doing drugs because he did too much. Hey, that's like, good. He did too. Yeah. He does it. He doesn't like, remember that. It mo- is the book, most right? coked out Stephen King book. It's like things happen. It, it, I don't it, it, read the Tommy Knockers if you ever get the time, and then Ooh. go back to read other King works. But I'm excited for. For any king properties coming or king adjacent properties coming to the screen oh 
and there's many of them. Yes, yes. And then lastly, the thing that interested me, um, I just saw a trailer for this, and it's coming to Hulu called The Act, and it's the story Hmm. of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother. It's true crime. Um, Essentially, this mom has uh, Munchausen's by proxy, and... I don't don't know what that is, honestly. It's (laughs) when you think you're caring for your child, but it's what Sixth Sense did. Do you ever see Sixth Sense with, like, that one woman who... You know, okay. oh, I gave my child poison soup because I, I care too much. Or if you've seen, mm. well, I don't want to spoil, a certain summer show that I was very uh, raving about once in a while. Um, spoiler Ooh. for that. What could Perhaps it be? Perhaps I have. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. But um, it, it it's really crazy. And it has Chloe... Grace Gre- Moretz? Either that or Chloe... Sev- no, no, Chloe Seven, Grace Moretz. No, I know my difference between uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Chloe Savigny. Hey, I'm, I'm going to look this up and oh, be like, oh, it, sorry, it, Jeff. It's that. And I was just like, this looks really fucking good because I'm interested in that too. And um, let's just say that story is full of twists and turns and hmm. many dark, very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'll watch it. And fucked up human psyche. But um, I <laughs> that guess... That sounds good. Yeah, that's my TV cord... Uh, adjourned. Are right. we finished? Can we bang the gavel? Yeah, case dismissed. Bang, bang, ring, ring, movie phone. Uh, I guess I'll start us off. Sounds good. I don't know if you've heard of this movie, Matt, but I rewatched a little movie by the name of Suspiria by Luca Guadagnino. Oh. And, um, really? You, well, you rewatched yeah, I, it? I just did it on a whim, you know? Went through like, the gauntlet. You're like, hey, I have three hours to spare. I loved it. Still holds up. I can watch that every day. Oh. I'm still... That oh. worries me. I'm worried about you, John. Don't worry about me. What's and there to worry about? I'm going to... The Tom's Dance Academy, dancing my way through life, right? Oh, man. Uh, I just, this movie has not gotten enough praise by me, and I will talk about it every episode, just like another podcast. Like, I hey, I watched this movie the other day. Yeah, uh, Gay Lords of Darkness mentions it. They had a, they really? had three episodes on Suspiria, and they just did another two episode, two hour episode on Suspiria. Good and God. I think I should just quit this podcast and go move in <laughs> yeah. with them, because send, this, send I, an application. I, I found my people that love Suspiria as much as I do. The only thing, though, I feel like it's hit or miss because I feel like it adds a little bit to the movie. I feel like the special effects are a little bit lacking. That's it. Really, I thought they were good enough. Well, now that I'm not in a now that I'm not in a a a movie theater jaded uh, on the full screen and I can see it in detail on my Blu-ray in the light of day, (laughs) uh, some things stand out. Certain head popping scenes later on in the film, Ah, and uh, you know, wherever that may come up. (laughs) I see what you mean. They don't really hold up, but other things do, and it adds to the charm of it being like you got got to stop watching it frame by frame. Yes, that's true. I've got to let it breathe a little bit, right? (laughs) Um, but it adds the charm of it being based on a, a, gallo, a giallo film, uh, mm. an Italian giallo. So I feel like it adds a bit, and I should just overlook that. Um, I going, mean, if, yeah. if that's all you got in terms of criticism, yeah. I mean, it's a solid movie. It's it's a perfect. I don't movie. know if I'll watch it again for a long time, but mm-hmm. it uh, is. New segment, mini segment for me and Movie Phone. We're going to open up the Berg Box, which is the Bergman movie box. Oh, wait, you said Berg Box. Berg Box. See what I did there? Is that still a meme? Did I? Hey, I hear good memes never die. (laughs) Good memes never die. Uh, I opened up the Berg Box and watched two more uh, Ingmar Bergman films, uh, Mm -hmm. trekking through his oeuvre. Uh, (laughs) I have the first one from The Life of the Marionettes and the second Hour of the Wolf. These were two films that looked into the male psyche, kind of committing crimes and then going batshit crazy to avoid them. Okay. Um, I both, like I like the sound of that. Yeah, both Lucy dealing with closeted homosexuality, which I never saw come until like the last frame, and then really? I was like, "That's what you get for being a homosexual." And I was just like, <laughs> "End film," and I was like, 
where did this even come from? Huh, but what, what's the message behind I, that? I, I don't know. I don't, to... I don't. I don't judge. It's just very artistic and uh, from the life of marionettes. It was really interesting. Uh, the first scene is all in color, and okay. it's this dude killing a prostitute. And Great. then the last scene is all in color, and it's the same dude killing the same prostitute in a awesome. different way. So it's a so, Russian doll. Yeah, but it goes into black and white, and then picks up in color, and. It, oh, it's just so, so strange. In a I, different way. What are you supposed to gleam from that? I don't know. And this is the film that I, I think Bergman was uh, deported from the country for a bit. And this is kind of what he did instead. Oh, and good. It, it feels that way a little bit, but also feels like totally out of left field for, for Bergman for me so far. Interesting. And then Hour of the Wolf. That was some crazy shit I just watched. Like, I watched that. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And that never happens to me. Yeah. Um, essentially, it's about this painter and his wife go to this cottage. Okay. And this painter is describing his dreams, which are all insane. And then the dream characters <laughs> come to life and talk to the painter and his wife. And we find out the painter killed the boy in his youth or killed his youth. It, it's never stated. Hmm. And then the... There's a castle for no reason, and they go into the castle, and then they go out, and then at the end, the wife is watching her husband getting murdered by these painting... It's like Velvet Bus wow. Falls. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I still haven't seen whatever, that. Yeah. Was, there, was cocaine around when this movie uh, was made? I, I don't know, but... I suspect. I don't know if it's a Swedish thing or what, because it could be. That's weird. Because this one did feel distinctly more Bergman, but we have to remember the, the films that the Criterion put in their watching order, and I understand why they grouped all these films together, too, because uh -huh. it, it really works well when watching them in... Oh, I could be like, oh, I could see what Bergman was going to with these two films. But um, okay. we have to remember, Bergman started out theater director, basic play format, like uh, melodrama to the max. And then yeah. now he's getting into more psychological thing, which is his meat and potatoes. So it just interests me to see him going there. Um, that does sound fascinating, especially yeah. just knowing that you know, maybe they're not all, all going to be winners. Oh, but they'll be weirdly fascinating yeah, been, in their own I ways. I haven't been astoundingly wowed yet, except yeah. for Smiles of a Summer Night, which is one of my favorite films in general i don't think i would show any of these on the podcast because <laughs> if i don't get them i don't think, I don't hey, think what, do you, what are you watch. trying to say oh i mean i got primers and i like that like i yeah. i like when you guys get it too <laughs> i mean if i don't know um my last big watch i've got yeah. two more my last big watch is i've been watching sergey bondachuk's seven hour adaptation of war and peace which oh, i just got boy. on dvd um, it's coming to Criterion soon, I think. They was just did a remaster of it. It is was gorgeous. Was this a movie? It is. It was made for television, but it's from oh, okay. uh, the the Red North, you know, <laughs> all that. The Rus the Ruskies have kept it uh, theirs, and um, huh. it's a three part movie, and it is probably the most faithful book adaptation I've ever seen in my life. Which, really. Uh, I'm getting stiffy just talking about that's it. That's like, but that's a huge book. Yeah, that's but a if, fat, if, thick boy. Yeah, and if anyone knows me, War and Peace is like my thing. I mean, like, you know, if you're going to do it, seven yeah. hours sounds right, but yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they crammed it all in there. It feels like I'm reading the book and hmm. these people are acting it out in front of me. And it, I guess it's I should do that. gorgeous to boot, too, yeah. even on DVD. And if you look at that trailer, I think it was playing, it started playing February 15th and Real select cinema. I don't oh. think it'll be in Dolby, but I just want that transfer to come to Criterion Collection so fast. Interesting. I cannot wait. It, it's gorgeous. Yeah. So wait, they were playing this in theaters. Yeah. Seven hours. Um, I think so. Yes, with breaks in between. Either that, or Ooh. you would come on different days and watch a different part of it. Amen. I mean, there are people who would you know, do seven hours. There are yeah. people who do two 
uh, presentations that's of... That's only uh, two Suspiria rewatches, Matt, <laughs> if you're thinking about it that way, right? Well, not as much dread, yeah. I hope. I well, don't know. I haven't read War and well, Peace. Well, the war parts have a lot of dread. And <laughs> but some the of peace, peace parts? Well, yeah. the, the peace parts are like the intrigue. Ooh, what's going on in I the didn't know that's how it was separated. That's yeah. actually funny to me. Yeah, huh. and it's like mirrored in between and you learn a bit. It's, I don't know. They're just quoting direct mm. lines and I love it. Who's that? That's uh, is that Dostoevsky? That's Tolstoy, man. Ah, that's what I was that's thinking. Anna Karenina and the death of Ivan Ilyich. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dostoevsky, did he do uh, Crime and Punishment? Yes. Okay, that's what we I... We bring this up every episode, that, that's Matthew. A, we don't bring up Crime and Punishment every episode. Yeah. Or we wouldn't have any listeners if we did. Well, I don't know. I, I read uh, 19 pages of that before. <laughs> I just couldn't do any more. Well, I'm just happy you read. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Before I lost the ability. I don't know, I just really love Russian literature. That's... Like it's, I said, and I sounds... love when theater and movies do it right, like that five-hour Moby Dick coming down the pipeline. Oh, or, no, I can't. An act in a different style. Imagine it. Come on, every act's going to be in a different thing. <laughs> that feel, sounds like a night to I me. I feel like maybe I'm giving it... That sounds like a Shrek retold. <laughs> Could you imagine, but with Moby Dick? Yeah. Um, that sounds like... I, I I think I'm giving these long, extra-long movies short shrift, because I've never sat through one, because mm-hmm. just the idea makes my head... Spin, yeah. Uh, shrink. I don't know. Expand. Mm. Nothing good. Yeah. Nothing. What a head should be doing. But I think if I actually start watching, that might kind of be into it. Yeah. Like I would be like, yeah, five hours isn't that long. Seven Ooh, well, hours I could do. This war and peace. I. I'm in such. A, there's like certain things that I can watch or read or listen to that put me in such a relaxed state that I go to sleep. Okay. And War and Peace by Sergei Bondarchuk <laughs> is one of them. I've fallen asleep twice during the first part, but I've gotten yeah. up and I've been like. All right, time for bed. I will continue where I left off tomorrow, and I've done. I've done the next yeah, day. Yeah, I so can it's imagine like, doing that. It's like I'm so at peace right now. It's like, <laughs> hey. I, yeah, so I, I'm just really interested in it. And my last thing, which we are going to see, uh, a nightcaps outing, mm. March 22nd. Us of course. just open at South by Southwest. To yeah. Moderate, I think positive, but South by Southwest always gives everything positive. Yeah, reviews. positive. I, I read yeah. something. Uh, I don't know if I should mention it. I don't know if I want I mean, to spoil it. I'm not going to read anything on it. Yeah. yeah. So. It's not really a spoiler, but it's just like a comparison to mm. Get Out yeah. in terms of their critical standing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting. I think it'll be solid yeah and i'm surprised uh jordan peele could turn it out in like a short two yeah. years it, it's That's only all it gonna took. get bigger and better i cannot wait for that jersey garden showing of it i just oh, want yeah. it to be sold out I, wanna, <laughs> I hope it is i want to live my i think it will be i think there's a pretty good chance a lot I of people think, yeah because so. a lot of people want to go see get out too so yeah i didn't watch that in theaters regrettably oh, neither did i so yeah. it's okay well we're, we're atoning for our sins now <laughs> yeah now we'll catch up right <laughs> we'll be us will be in the That's theater. not proper. Oh, I don't care. And uh, lastly, also at South by Southwest is uh, Pet Cemetery. So oh, nice. I didn't know a, that. Yeah, got mm. a drag. I think that's closing the the um, conference. Hey, that's Con- awesome. Festival. I yeah. don't know. And, uh, <laughs> so con. There we go. Con convention. <laughs> South by um, South. And that's my movie phone hung up. You know what's ridiculous? I was just thinking like, okay, it has to be in the name, whether it's a festival or a conference <laughs> or anything. So I was like, South, South by, by Southwest. Southwest. What does that stand for? <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. So I'm out of it. What could it mean? Oh boy. All right. So my movie phone. Now that. Yeah. Sorry about that. I bombarded you. No, I mean, I'm just, I feel like I'm out of it ever since I, that tragic mishap a few moments ago and I couldn't remember abbreviations. <laughs> uh, movie phone, Cold Pursuit. 
Ooh. This is an interesting movie. I, what's I? This explain. is a, yeah. Oh, well, you remember uh, the whole big Liam Neeson story? Oh, I thought from this a... was your Snow Dogs review at last. No, no, no. Damn, I thought it was a segue. Ooh, you know what? I forgot about that. I Snow... It's okay. We'll have next episode. Yeah, it's true. I'll, I'll save it for next time. <laughs> We're going to push it back to the last episode of the podcast. When... <laughs> Finally, the Snow Dogs review we've been oh, yeah. waiting for. Oh, Cold Pursuit. This is a... It's what Liam Neeson was advertising when he came the under other fire yeah. for being uh, for racist showing in his youth. Racist, yeah. yeah. Or, well, he told the story. I feel like he just didn't tell it well. But well, neither here nor there. Yeah. I just he came under fire for some some really. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Not, they're not I racist remarks. Him, well, oh, they are no, racist. I don't, if I were his publicist, I would have been screaming. That's what. I would have, uh, no. Stop the interview! Right? I'm gonna turn the cameras down. It's like somebody hire R. Kelly as a distraction. Oh, good, we uh, brought him up. Good, I was gonna bring him up later. But no, Kobe, uh, anyway, it's like to the movie itself. I feel like, I mean, the movie deserved more than the press junket it got. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe that made some people, some racists, like really interested in going out to watch it. Uh, this is a film that it's it's a fun little tale, a little diversion. <laughs> That I wish it were funnier. I will say that. Is it supposed to be funny? Yeah, exactly. That's it's interesting. It is supposed I to be it was funny. an action movie. No, no, no. It is. It's an action comedy. Oh, is of. this the one where they like make the joke at the end and then crush someone with logs or something? Probably. It's yeah, you know, it's I very, remember. It's very wintry. Remember that trailer? Yeah, the trailer I feel like was pretty funny, or it leaned that way. It was like you're gonna be in for a fun ride. It was um... <laughs> that was the, that was the slogan. You're gonna be in for a fun ride. <laughs> no, the I think the actual what's on the poster is like for a good time. Watch. <laughs> it's like it's like meet Liam Neeson or his character name, yeah. Citizen of the Year, and okay. then it's like him dragging a, a corpse in like the snow. So oh, I, like, oh, I like that kind of you yeah. know dry wit. I think we have Netflix for that nowadays. We can put that on there and that's save probably. For I, I hope it comes to that i feel like more people should watch this yeah. um interestingly i didn't know this before i watched it found out afterwards this movie is a remake oh i um, would not have known it is a remake of the director's own earlier movie mm. so the same director decided to redo this film in hollywood wow. instead of in i think norway where he's from yeah i'm uh, sure it's been done before but yeah that's the it's first it's a rarity time a vague memory I've it's heard a rarity which yeah. i'm into I guess, mm-hmm. you know, if the film deserves to be remade, I feel like this one, people, um, you know, honestly, I, I would have been better off if we just got the foreign film in theaters yeah. instead of going through the whole production. But we're of the minutia there. I know, yeah, yeah. with the uh, subtitles and everything. Yeah. But this was, it's a curious mix of influences, very influence heavy, I feel, from Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have the wintry oh. setting, of oh, course, yeah. lots of yeah. snow, and there's a... <laughs> decent amount of farcical elements to this like misunderstandings between oh. groups hmm. so it's like it's yeah, it definitely takes cues from fargo i feel both the, both the movie yeah. and the show yeah um there's a little bit of in bruges as oh, well i feel another favorite of matthew oh Just yeah from, stacking the deck exactly from yeah. uh, martin mcdonough yeah um from like the dialogue and kind of uh the style the the tonalities of it i feel and the kind of the emphasis on uh, crime mm. and uh, I guess just crime. crime. Ah, there's there's another word that I'm trying to think of, but uh, you know, just like deadly action, lethal mm. action, and stuff like that. Uh, gets that from in Bruges, pretty pretty violent. Mm. Um, but you know, it's all treated pretty casually, pretty lightly. 
Um, they, there's like a fun little gimmick that they use that I appreciate. Every time a character dies, a little like note comes up on the screen, you know, fades to black and gives like their name. Oh. Um, and they use that's a good effect. You know, you get introduced to it and then they eventually like kind of subvert it a little bit. And uh, there's even a little bit of Tarantino, I feel, in this film. Mm. Uh, in the dialogue, and maybe a little bit of the action. <laughs> the only problem is that it doesn't really measure up to these films uh, that it's being influenced by. I don't even know if it's really aspiring to be like that. Um, but despite that, I... You know, even though it's not the tightest movie around, I really liked that it got made. And it was a pleasant surprise for me because I would love to see more films like this. Even though it wears its influences on its sleeve, mm. it's right up my alley. Really and I feel is, like yeah. a lot of people. So, did we also love it or did it. we. I liked it. I liked, liked it, it okay. a decent amount. Right. Um, there was, you know, I, I'm saying it was. Um, it, it took some things from other uh, movies, but I, it did have some original things or at least original to me that I had not seen before done in a film that were pretty interesting like this is not a movie that is introspective at all mm -hmm. <laughs> which um, works for it and against it I think um, you know s some stuff like Martin McDonough um, Three Billboards and mm -hmm. Bruges etc mm -hmm. I think it's pretty introspective with like the life that or the lives that the characters lead and how it gets them in situations that, that aren't uh, the best mm -hmm. <laughs> to be in um, but at the same time, you know, I made it just solely focused on the action. There's actually, there's a, a grieving mother in this movie who's like, uh, who's played by Laura Dern, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I uh, Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the main impetus that gets the film going is, um, the main character's son is killed. Oh. Or Liam Neeson's son is killed. Oh, Liam not Neeson. taken, but killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. That wasn't the twist. So no hope of, well... I'm not going to say anything, but, oh, no. you know, in the first scene, that, oh, is, no! that is what is presented to us. <laughs> you know, uh, son is killed, Laura Dern and uh, Liam Neeson are grieving. Laura Dern, in her own way, you know, she's like crying, she's bent out of shape. Yeah. Um, and uh, Liam Neeson is going on a rampage. Right. <laughs> That's his way of coping. Yeah. And so one time he comes back, I think he's like even bloodied up. He comes back into like their cabin home. Mm -hmm. Um. Laura Dern is kind of crying in the corner. Uh, Liam Neeson comes. There's like no words exchanged. He's like, aren't you going to ask me where I've been? <laughs> because he wants, uh, I guess he wants attention. A, a little bit yeah. like attention or to like get it off his wants chest. Wants a meal like... on a table. <laughs> Our son dies and you stop cooking. What's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> no, it's not. I feel like it's not exactly like yeah, that. But I obviously know, he's not. He's not attentive to her. And I feel like when this scene played played out when it was first happening on screen i was totally expecting laura dern to be like hey where have you been and to like the for the film to basically call out what i thought was going to happen mm -hmm. and subvert it i was like you know what that's pretty original i, I like that mm. um and i don't, I don't want to spoil where it goes from there but she, her character does uh, an interesting thing that results in having no like absolutely no closure in the film which again is interesting mm. I assume it's an intentional choice, makes for a weird story, mm -hmm. but it's it's daring, uh, more than I thought it would be. Wow, I would not have gotten that from the one trailer. <laughs> that I was like, not seeing that. Yeah, it's. I, I, I might be a little bit hyperbolic and giving mm -hmm. it maybe a little too much praise, but it's it's a fun time. Like I wouldn't pay so much to go watch it, um, but I definitely watch it at home or on like a matinee, five dollar Tuesday, something like that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, next film I watched. Uh, I'm gonna try to keep this short. I watched Apollo 11, oh. the documentary about. Oh, the I mo- thought you meant like the original. Or- no, I think that's Apollo 13. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. It is Apollo 13. Uh, I just remember the scene where they're pissing out in space and laughing about it. Uh, I didn't watch it actually. I'm like, oh, astronauts. I, I probably should have watched that movie instead of this one. Um, <laughs> it's got like so much praise from critics. I think it's got like a nine average rating on Rotten Tomatoes, like first 100 percent or more. <laughs> oh no, that's not um, a good thing. <laughs> you set a movie in space, ladies and gentlemen, and make it realistic, and then wham, bam, you got what? some award noms oh, up there. No, it's not. It's not a matter of realism, kind of. This yeah. is a documentary, yeah. So it is like real. The footage you're watching is, or as Stanley Kubrick <laughs> would want you to not believe, real, huh? No, I think you know skeptics, conspiracy yeah. theorists, they would probably be won over by this movie. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, it would be. I'm skeptical. Maybe about you could that recreate statement. it, but. Like, they had cameras on, like, these space missions in places I didn't even know they were. <laughs> on the moon! <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. You got candid camera shots of uh, these astronauts. With Brenda, I got you! I got you! You on camera now! You on candid camera! Hey, put down that, uh... I don't even... <laughs> this is for Big Mama's house! Oh. <laughs> but I, I just didn't come off of this movie that impressed. Um, there's... It doesn't really try to build a narrative, uh, interestingly enough. It just really presents all this matter-of-fact space information at you Mm. and it just doesn't really make you feel any certain way it doesn't contextualize it for you until maybe the very end um they have a snippet of jfk's speech talking Mm. about going to the moon where uh gonna go to the the moon (laughs) oh wait that was i can only do uh fucking what's his name jimmy stewart (laughs) never mind close enough yeah same thing (laughs) uh but um and you know that I think went a long way, but it was at the end of the movie. I think maybe if they presented, well, I should mention, I, we arrived about ten or fifteen minutes late. Of so course, maybe there was some. We of that better in the not beginning. repeat that for us. You have baby oh, on no, board of, of the card, go oh, ahead. We're getting prime seats. Yeah, we leave in three hours early for that. No, it's because this was at the Staten Island Mall. Oh, okay. Parking was a bitch. Yeah, it was, I understand. Uh, it was yep. terrible. Yeah. And you know, New York drivers. Only imagine when the Alamo comes to Staten Island. <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll get better clientele there I, I feel <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan yeah. they'll be in attendance from yeah. time to time they said um, but yeah this movie it's very matter of fact there are there's no like narrator there's no interviews it's literally all just archival footage okay. which in a way is really impressive and awe-inspiring does because, the story flow can you catch on yeah okay. because it, it really is presented in chronological order all right you know it would have to be it's like they go to the moon they come back that's the mission did they make it (laughs) i'll never tell (laughs) but uh it's it's i think it requires more from the audience than like a standard movie would Mm. um this documentary there's you know no interviews it's all just real footage from the 60s that i didn't even know people were taking you have like nasa headquarters footage you have footage literally from the rocket blasting off like a like a gopro angle (laughs) type stuff um but it doesn't really mean much to me as a as a general audience goer. i think this will appeal on to a more niche crowd that already wants like some technical background um on the on the space mission because it is interesting seeing how precise they needed to be you know all those Mm. metrics that they had to take care of Mm. But it just it didn't really do much for me, and I don't know if it's great for general audiences. Okay. This movie definitely 
also needed subtitles because oh, I could right. not understand what the people space were saying. Jargon? Yeah, it, you know, it's like early recording so equipment it's like from the '60s, too, yeah. very muffled. It's All just right. like everybody's talking through a. I think every well, everyone's I mean, talking through a, a Boost mm-hmm. Mobile phone from 2001. I think every time, I think if you are a director and you think that your audience might have a problem with it, you need to add subtitles, like, even if a few. I, a I'm convinced that they didn't even know what yeah. was being said. Because I'm not one of those. It. If I see a subtitle, I mean. I'm not going to go, oh, well, I never, this <laughs> oh, ruins the, the cinema experience. Can't watch Bergman, I assume. <laughs> I know, right? I'd have to learn Swedish. <laughs> oh. uh, but, and, uh, oh, have I been talking a lot? It's, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. I don't got a lot in the next two categories. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't yeah. have that much either. So I will mention my third thing. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, okay. The Hidden World. All right, I want yeah, to hear about exactly. this. Exactly, the conclusion yeah. to the trilogy. Yeah. Spoil um, me, Daddy, spoil no, me. No, I can't. I will say it was pretty good. Are there dragons? You know what? That's <laughs> that's the main twist. Oh, no! No, I'm kidding. Oh, they were just raccoons the whole time. Yeah. <gasps> They're just robots. <laughs> um, <laughs> here to deliver your Amazon packages. <laughs> no, this movie, it's... I wrote in my notes that it stays true to the characters while also advancing them or their arcs, as which I think is like, like I know I realized I realized as soon as I wrote it, I'm like that's that should be any movie. <laughs> but I, what I I guess what I was trying to say is that it felt like you know natural. It, it felt like a lived in world. Okay. Yeah, it felt natural, organic, which is always a plus instead yeah, yeah. of like ham fisting. And development for characters. I, I was pleasantly surprised by how smart some of the characters seemed at certain moments. Oh. I was like, I love rooting for... Even you for know, a kid's movie, too, yeah, which is I, a big plus. I love rooting for smart characters on film. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's times where I love rooting for stupid characters <laughs> well, that, on film, too. That's true. I love watching them fail. Oh, that is very true. Uh. But, yeah, for this movie, it. but at the same time, I feel like it also did a slight disservice to some of their characters later on like after i had assumed they were smarter than Mm -hmm. i anticipated um the plot is a little bit clunky a little bit contrived at points and honestly i'm a little bit bit contrived there you go i i couldn't even follow like some parts of it which i mean it it's not crucial to your under actually no it kind of is a little bit crucial to your understanding um, I just don't think it was like some parts of it were relayed or maybe directed well. Where would you place it in the trilogy? Like, where, which, yeah, which uh, one would you that's like a good the question. Best? I'm getting which to one, that. Yeah. Oh, Honestly, okay. I did. No, I'm getting to that right oh, now. Oh, right, I'm glad go. you asked. Yeah. I would put it uh, in the middle. Okay. You know, better than two, which I thought was lacking. Yeah. Um, but not but, as good as one. One is just a high watermark. Mm. It's, it's great. It hits all the right notes, I feel. But this one, not far below number one either mm. it's it's just just below um how i felt the first one was because i'm willing to look past you know my grievances my criticisms <laughs> that I, i've mentioned because just the characters are fun to be with mm-hmm. the world is great it's you know we've grown accustomed to it throughout these movies and yeah each time you go back it it means more mm. and um and the ending is is earned i'll say like the it's a good place to end the trilogy. Um, I'm happy with where it went. I just I I will say that maybe if they could retool the trilogy as a whole, like some arcs, I would uh, do some things a little bit differently. Mm. I don't know if it'd be more ambitious, but I felt like with this last one, maybe things were a little more familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have used some new, some fresh uh, 
something inserted into it, some better creative juices. Mm. Um, I felt like some things were a little, uh, a little rehashed, but that did mean that we got a nice return to uh, the first movies. Great visuals, you okay. know. Was there a dip in quality in the um, second one? In the second movie? Yeah. I thought so. Okay. For the visuals, I don't think at I've least. Seen, I think I've seen the second one either once or none. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot in it that stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the first movie had definitely definitely had moments that were wallpaper ready. The second <laughs> one maybe a little bit, like when Hiccup uh, first f- finds... Uh, the Not like no. the... I, I guess I could spoil it. It's an the old lady movie. dragon finds the yeah, yeah the, the, the lair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Finds the yeah. lair where of that character lady is. Dragon. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so that that was <laughs> like a really. I can tell that dragon's a girl. That dragon got curves. <laughs> oh, oh, I was thinking of something. <laughs> else. Oh, never, never mind. mind. <laughs> well, there goes me. Uh, yeah, I don't. Boinking a dragon. <laughs> you're on your own for this one. <laughs> Sorry. No, but um, for the second movie, it didn't have as many uh, as great visuals as the first or third one did. Third one, I'm pretty happy with in that department and i'll say now that things have wrapped up i really do appreciate for the series as a whole um that there were recurring elements running elements throughout mm-hmm. it like Through a, all three yeah like the map that a uh, hiccup is working on mm-hmm. in the first one and continues through the second one continues to the third one i really like that that's like a, a main goal of his even though i, I feel like it's maybe given short shrift by the end mm-hmm. um but I, I like that as an objective as a goal that ties everything together and even the second movie i think the first one there must have been a mention of like hiccups uh, mother which the second movie deals with mm-hmm. um and in the second movie they have like a passing line about like hey maybe toothless will like find another dragon like him oh, or something like that yeah. and then you know we in finally exactly we get that in the third <laughs> they pull the like, kung pao hey, so i I really like how that's set up, how that's foreshadowed, and um, I, maybe it inspired slightly better hopes in me for like a more cohesive trilogy. Mm. It, it works, but I, I think if they retooled it a little bit, could have been something grander. Uh, but very good, honestly. One of the best trilogies, you know, of the past twenty years. I, I don't think there have been that many, so all right. yeah. it's it's up there. Everyone should watch it. Yeah. Need to add that to my list. Yeah, how to Train Your Dragon. Mm-hmm. The Hidden World. Yeah. Are we hanging up the movie for Oh, yeah. That's it. For, I mean, I, I said last episode, I believe, that I would get to The Wandering Earth. But maybe I'll leave that for when it finally comes on mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, I'll put it on the shelf right next to Snow Dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Someday I'll learn how to be uh, uh, br- br- uh, brief. <laughs> how to be concise. That's not synonymous with our podcast. Uh, now on to <laughs> Trot on the Boards. So, hey, I got nothing here, so. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Oscars happened, and there was mm. not... Not the greatest snub in Oscar history for Best <laughs> Actress, but, I mean, I feel Olivia Coleman was very gracious in her speech. Love her. Yeah. Comedic. Loved yeah, her in The Favorite. Great. She goes, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, well, this will never happen again. And it was the cutest thing in the world. Yeah. But you could feel the gears <laughs> turning and Glenn's head going, need to get mine. Need to get... And she appeared Ooh. gracious. She was dressed as the Academy Awards. So it was like... Oh, yeah. But... And she got no screen time. Have I got news for you, Matthew? Because About there the is one more... Oh, there's one more ace up Glenn Close's sleeve. Okay. And it has to do with her theater route. So Sunset oh. Boulevard the musical 
long aged story. An Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, kind of boring, originally starred Patti LuPone. She dropped the role. Glenn Close took over. That's so Many strange. years ago, many years ago in the eight and eight, nine, some then, some then, she did it once, okay? So okay. she's premiered it on once Broadway. Once on stage. On stage, Only Broadway. Once? So, well, uh, one, oh, one, one run. Oh, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. One run on okay, Broadway. Not one night. One, okay. no, one, one run <laughs> on Broadway. Um, she stars, she wins the Tony for that. Yeah, okay? okay. She wins as Norma Desmond. It's oh, wonderful. Oh, no. Yeah. Are they... The second time, just recently, she came back with a revival of Sunset Musical, Sunset oh. Boulevard, the musical, won the Tony Award for that, or got nommed, or something like that. Like, the prestige was there. So yeah. she's in the revival. Norma I know, Desmond. I know where this is going. Then, you can imagine the next day, after the Oscars, give it two days max, there's some buzz that the producers are speedlining the Sunset Boulevard musical movie starring none other than Glenn wow. Close. She's Ooh. coming with the big guns, which, I mean... She's like, what do I have to do? I love the original film. I think the musical is boring. It, I can't um, imagine it being it, a good musical. It's like I a just... 1950s <laughs> music. Yeah. But it's good, and it's got really dramatic moments, big, but, you know, my girl, and they've forgiven each other since, really snubbed Patti LuPone. It was more Andrew Lloyd Webber than Glenn Close, but they didn't talk for years. Oh, wow. Glenn, Andrew, and Patti. Patti sued Andrew Lloyd Webber and bought a pool with the money that he used to uh, Hey, that's Sunset Boulevard. So, yeah, I know, real diva. <laughs> and what, what did she do in that and, pool? Uh, but, I mean, as much as I would love to see Patti in this role, but, you know, Patti's not made for the Oscars. She's a, she's a Tony girl in a, in a Tony world. But uh, Glenn is coming back with a vengeance, and while oh, I yeah. think she will be nominated again, and I I would hope she would win for this at last, yeah. being nominated so many times and not even achieving one best actress. And it's cool. Hey, she's Leo. Close. Yeah. She's the new she's Leo. She's the new Leo. But I just wanted to warn y'all, Norma Desmond's coming, right? <laughs> As if she never well, said she's goodbye. Ready, she's That's ready a for Sunset close Boulevard. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we know where we're going with this one. And I cannot wait to strap in for that. Wow. That's my Tron the Board that, segment. That yeah. devil. Yeah. You you did mention that being the huge or the biggest snub. I will oh, say for no, for nominations. Snubs, yeah. yeah. Tony Collette. Oh yeah, well that's unspoken. Oh, Every plot okay. everyone in the world knows Tony Collette is the best I still actress can't this year. That. I still everyone can't. knows. Even people who didn't see Hereditary and just yeah. watched the trailer of her going, that's Get enough. that stupid face off your stupid face. <laughs> oh. oh. It's uh, yeah. Well, there is news on that front, but well, we already yeah. hung up the movie phone. Yep. We'll talk is. about it at some point. We'll, we'll get off of there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, try on the boards over. Disc jockeys to end us out. Let's do it. Hey, mm. this one goes out to Mark. I feel like he. I know he'd appreciate. I'll this. pretend that Mark's <laughs> in the room, and I'll insert like, can I? I'll write down some made-up band names that I thought I listened to <laughs> on this. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. So uh, we got to start off with Vampire Weekend. You know, mm. they're trudging along. Yeah. No Sparatu tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> they said uh, every month they would release two new songs from their upcoming album so this time they did big blue and sunflower i feel like uh you know with this double album that vampire waken are putting out maybe they don't feel the need to be as exciting as thrilling as maybe they have been in the past although i i paint them as a fairly safe band in all regards but these songs don't really excite me all that much they're they're catchy they're definitely all right but they're not you know they don't really uh, steamroll me over, um, and I I have to mention it's a weird pattern that they're doing now. They uh, Vampire Weekend last month they released a, kind of a short song I think it's like twenty twenty one or something like that, mm-hmm. um, with like words that repeated 
over and over like that's what the lyrics consisted of it was like one or two lines that repeated and then they released a longer form song that's you know gotten radio play that one's called harmony hall this time it's big blue that's the short one and has like repeated lyrics over and over these are kind of like interlude songs which i i think is interesting and uh sunflower is kind of the longer you know more radio uh ready one and it, I, I think you know last month's batch was a little bit better but I'm going to listen to this. It's going to be great. They can't do anything but be great, but I don't think it'll really match up to their earlier works. But, you know, more Vampire Weekend, and this is uh, apparently a ton of it. I said double album. I feel like they're padding out some of it with these shorter interlude-type songs, but, mm. you know, it's always welcome. Next, we got The National. Speaking of stuff that doesn't uh, steamroll me over, this is not that. I wasn't... <sighs> I used to really love the National. I still kind of do. I love their earlier and maybe mid-career stuff, but their last album didn't really grab me. That was a Sleep Well Beast from two years ago, but I know what that is. <laughs> and they had something six years ago called Trouble Will Find Me. Uh, that album was good, but also didn't really grab me in the way that their other stuff had. That album, curiously ended with a track called Hard to Find back in 2013. This new one that's coming out, new album, is called I Am Easy to Find. Oh. So I'm like, oh, mm, interesting. Little bookend there. Yeah. But they used to take they used to take their time <clears throat> between albums. And even like as late as six years ago, when, you know, that album was coming out, they were saying, you know, maybe we won't do much more. Mm. Maybe this will be our last one. But I think they're kind of undergoing a new period of musical creativity. The last album, even though I feel like it didn't grab me. They were definitely doing some interesting new stuff for their sound. Mm. And this album, well, I don't know about the album yet. It's coming out in May. But they released a single, I believe it was this week, called uh, You Had Your Soul With You. And this is one of the best songs I've heard in, in, again, in recent memory. It is great. It's like everything I want from the National. I, I You know, there are violins going at it. There's really interesting guitar stuff. And I, the whole time being anchored by... Uh, who is it matt bessinger i think is his name mm. um I, I used to know it but again, <laughs> i'm not approvingly from across the way yeah, mm. again it's been a while since the national um but you know his his deep uh, tone anchoring the song and we get female vocals like midway through or three quarters of the way through it's like just the recipe to success and it i'm all over it i haven't mm. like really analyzed or delved into the lyrics yet but Oh man, I am excited. There's, like I said, there's violins going at it. It's only missing brass. If there were brass, it'd be perfect, but maybe it'd be overstuffed. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they they made the right call. They've been making consistently great, like dad rock, for years, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they they're some of the best to do it right now. Next, we got Solange. Ah, uh, I know her. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she released an album uh, <laughs> called When I Get Home. I I think I've already listened to it twice. Um, Again, I hear it's good. Yeah, no, it is good. Yeah. Uh, but again, maybe it doesn't really grab me as much as her last one. This mm-hmm. one is, I believe, more distinctly like chill. Okay, a little bit more down tempo. Um, it's, I, I believe, the last album had more interludes, more of like a framing device, mm. and it had like uh, things that were more easily established as singles. Mm. This one kind of contains the same sound throughout. Mm. You know, they, there are some interesting diversions from here and there. But I would say it's it's a good album. It's solid. It's uh, she's consistent, but you know it's not gonna really 
make that huge of an impact on you right yeah Yeah. as much as i thought her last one would on people Mm -hmm. but i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe it deserves more listens or it definitely deserves more listens it's it's a fun album to just have either on the background or you know just in your headphones when you're walking around Mm -hmm. very chill and last one we got uh i don't i didn't even know if i should mention this (laughs) i haven't listened to it yet it's um i have down here hosier uh, question mark Oh. oh, you're not into Hozier? I don't know. Not into take well, me, take me just, to church? Well, just to explain to uh, the audience, I don't hate music. It's just like when these two talk, they're like so out of my league. It's like I'm a, yeah. a schoolgirl waiting for the dance, and these two are dancing in the middle of the gymnasium, hey, leaving me alone. We've all got that. Yeah. Now you know how I feel during trotting the boards. If it's not Broadway, if it's <laughs> yeah, not exactly. uh, pop top 50 or opera, then I can't really comment on it. Yeah, <laughs> this this Hozier album, you know, I've listened to the single that's been having radio play for a while. No, that was years ago. <laughs> I like that song though. I, I, I like it a good amount. Mm. I like the um, uh, the heaviness to it. The, the uh, a lot co- of good dances to it. Oh yeah, yeah, ballet. Yeah, <laughs> and it feels like kind of choral, kind of mm-hmm. but somber but powerful. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe yeah, maybe it, it still mm-hmm. kind of ended up being something a little bit minor or mm-hmm. more minor than I think it wasn't as ambitious as it thought it would be mm. but um this album i think he's a little bit more having fun um but i mean there's still definitely some political stuff going on like uh there was a song called nina cried power featuring mavis oh, staples okay that took a is that little a nina while. simone reference i believe so yes okay yeah, see i know those yeah. people right <laughs> he lists the classics <laughs> exactly he lists like a, a bunch of other um, Mississippi, goddamn Mississippi. That maybe had experienced some strife in their mm-hmm. lives and things like that. Oh yeah, that um, documentary is real good too. I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, you give that a watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh the album's called Wasteland Baby! Mm-hmm. Exclamation point. So I'm I'm into that Ooh. definitely. And it's I, Wasteland I, Baby. Yeah, Wasteland Baby. <laughs> Mother. Mother. And I liked the single. I liked um, Nina cried power, and I, I like some of the other things I've heard. I think it'll be. A solid record, but maybe, you know, like a 7.0 out of 10. Nothing amazing or crazy, but I'm glad he's uh, doing music and still somewhat living in the... Or, you know, producing things that make its way to the public eye. Like, mm. I'm, I, I'm into Hozier, and I, I think even I listened to some of his earlier stuff. That had me more like, yeah, this is it. It was pretty heavy, too. Mm. Not, you know, not metal or anything, but there were, like, some good amount of distorted guitars and stuff. Yeah. So, I... He's somebody I, I got to check out more of. Yeah. Question for you: What is a hosier? I never knew. Like I, I, I don't. I we don't watched know. that movie called Hosiers too. Because whenever I see hosier, yeah. I think hosiery, well, like pantyhose. That's Hoosiers, Hoosiers, I believe, with uh, Kevin Smith yes. and yeah, that very Canadian. That's like a Canadian insult. No, I we think. watched that other thing with like the basketball team too. That was called. Oh, also Hoosiers. Yeah, yeah that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was just a basketball team. I don't know the Indiana Hoosiers, hmm. maybe. I don't know where if his name comes from. only we had something in the palm of our hands that allowed us to Google <laughs> the definition of words, but uh, other than sadly that... Sadly, we don't. All right, audience, speaking of, is that the end of your... Dist- has your horse come in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All we, right. I'm, well, I'm already beating that horse. Audience, get out your guesses now. Here's the bands I made up as Matt talked. <laughs> First one, I have Synthetic Duck with their single Cut the Quack. I have Electric <laughs> Bungalow with their single Mysteries in the Garden. Ooh. And then Puke in a Sieve. With their EP, Die, Die, Die. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't even, I don't think this is uh, even up my alley. <laughs> See? This is a little... It looks like I could fake my way into no, this uh, race after all. Yeah, no, these are definitely real uh, band names. Yep. 
that, or they could be real or they're bad about names. About to I, be. I think I'll sue be, you. Yeah, they're they're a little punky, yeah. punkier than my taste lean. But uh, I mean, there's a band out there called Joanna Gruesome. Oh, which is a play that's on a drag joke. name. That's not a band name. It's a, hey, it's a <laughs> band name. Stage Joanna Gruesome. <laughs> it's get true. On that up. is a good name. Get on up. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Not a lot of people know Joanna Newsome, so. Mm. Yep. But um, there's another band called Twin Peaks. Twin so, Peaks, yeah. yeah. That could also be a drag name. Her thing could be like <laughs> oh, Big Breasts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twin Peaks. But, uh, mm. yeah. yeah. I, well, by the way, I did find out. Huh? Hozier. Uh, it's just his last name. Oh. That's where it comes from. Oh. But yeah. it doesn't have a definition? Uh, I don't know. It's it's Irish. <laughs> All right. Well, 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 Hold on. Let me, yeah. let me All find right, out. Well, we have to end the episode do, with that definition. Then. What, do I, what do I even search? Hozier meaning? Uh, meaning? Um, while Matt's doing that, uh, thank you for tuning in for our Muse Boosh segment. Uh, after this is our March Madness. Oh, wait. What was it? Madcap Marchness. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, where well, we, we watch a comedy. There. A comedic film throughout the month of March. You can find me, uh, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK. On Instagram, drink and read JK on Twitter, and follow my other anime slash studio uh, Ghibli podcast. Anime was not a mistake. Where we recently watched Tale Oh Tales from Earthsea <laughs> and God Tales of of Earthsea from. though. It's from. no, I know, Ugh. but of Earthsea does not sound a, more more interesting. Not a very good movie. <laughs> oh well. Yep. Yeah. Well, I I maybe I'm taking the role of uh, two hosts tonight, so <laughs> I'm. Mart Zebrera. <laughs> oh! Hey, look at that. Yeah. Junior. Oh, good. <laughs> good save. <laughs> Junior slash senior. Brought it full circle in the end yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, you could find me. Um, you could find me wherever Mark isn't. Apparently. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. ooh. That's that's a mysterious one. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the definition? Did we find it? <laughs> I no. Listen. Okay. I, well, I tried, let's end I the tried gag, searching. Right? It was like. <laughs> Too much effort. <laughs> oh, you know what? I did find something. I I searched for hosier meaning, and it yeah. was like. Everybody asking like, the where, songs. where did, where did yeah. his name come from? Where or, yeah, the like, mean? yeah, what the meaning of the song movement? Me no you? think, me look up on Google. <laughs> but this, oh man, Google, oh, I have to pay for this service. Oh, to forget it, forget name. it. We're, 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 hey, that's once we get it on Patreon. Yeah, stay tuned to the next episode, maybe to find out the definition. Yeah. But until then, support us so that we could find out what. Oh what yeah, fucking yeah. Hosier's give us a dollar means. every month so we could effectively <laughs> learn how to use our phones. Just a little oh, bit yeah. better, audience. Uh, um, take care. Bye. See you soon. All right, you bunch of movie-loving booze hounds. It's last call. You heard me, last call. What do you mean? Who do you think you are? It's me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, your resident nightcaps at the theater co-host, bartender, movie podcast curator, and pretentious cinema snob. Nightcaps at the theater? Yeah, that's right. Oh, you heard of it? Well then, friend, let me top you off. It's thanks to people like you that this little show of ours can make it into the final reel week to week. How else could Mark fund his Funko Pop addiction or Matt create a new internet handle every episode to avoid the FBI? We can't thank you lovelies enough, but why not keep the party going? Do you want to have a conversation on campy cult classics, question foreign flicks, or massacre movie monstrosities? Then look no further. Reach out to us on social media. You can follow our humble little podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. And if you aren't listening to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, whatever, and rating, reviewing, and for goodness sake, subscribing, well then, we might have to tell Aunt Ida to put some cha-cha heels on to kick your ass. I think I talked your ear off enough, though. But put that wall away.
This last night, cat, is on us.